the Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? You lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into Hour 2 of uh, Armchair Politics, our two-hour weekly roundtable with commentary and analysis on local, state, and national politics, news, and current events. On the left, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Paul, welcome back. Always good to be here. And on the right, longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter. Henry, welcome back to you as well. Thank you, Tom. And joining us this week, and uh, he's a frequent contributor to uh, Armchair Politics, Politico Emeritus Woodrow Stanley Wood. It's good to have you here as always. Good to be here. Um, I, I mentioned uh, before we went to break, I wanted to squeeze in a couple more uh couple more stories from Lansing one in particular um, that's uh, that's kind of interesting federal funding and a big boost from online consumer spending filled Michigan's coffers with more money than initially expected but experts warned the deep economic impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic will still likely be felt for years the Michigan Department of Treasury and the state house and senate fiscal agencies projected Friday that the state will collect $24.3 billion in revenue for the general and school aid funds, up $1.2 billion from estimates made last August. For uh, the uh, 21-22 fiscal year, uh, officials predicted uh, combined revenues would total $25.3 billion, uh, 874.8 million more than the previous projection. How long before the legislature overspends this added revenue? (laughs) (laughs) 
you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was going to say, how soon do they come back in the session? <laughs> <laughs> what What do you think, Wood? You've seen these guys spend. <laughs> well, we're, uh, we're chuckling about this, but it's, that's a serious question. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, what I can say uh, without uh, fear of being wrong, it, it will be spent. Uh, now, how long? Is... <laughs> well, I just okay. I just remember uh, sometimes sitting on boards of nonprofit organizations, grant money would come in. There'd be X number of dollars, and there'd be, you know, nine or thirteen or fifteen people sitting around a board table, all with a different idea on how to spend that money. <laughs> right. Yeah, and and it happens in government too. Well, special elections for two vacancies in the Michigan State Senate will be held in August and November of 2021. Governor Gretchen Whitmer announced Friday special primary elections in the Michigan 8th and 28th Senate districts will take place August 3rd, followed by general elections on November 2nd. The two seats were opened after former Senators Peter Lacido and Peter McGregor, both Republicans, were elected to county positions in the November 2020 general election, two years into their four-year terms. Is it ever not an election year? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but but nope. I think uh, elections are much more consolidated now when they brought school uh, districts into the national election. Yeah, that's true, Henry. Yeah, we used to have them all over. I mean, every other month there was an election. We have somewhat yeah. reduced the numbers of them. And then we, before uh, Proposal A, we used to have them all the time. Yeah. We rotated like wheels. Uh, but then it was consolidated after Proposal 1. Well, and we did and we did drop one from the calendar. February was considered uh, an election month. And now it's uh, limited to... May, August, and November, I believe. Yeah, I, I recall times when certain districts would try and schedule elections when there would be a, a very low turnout. I recall one time Mott College had a millage coming up. This goes back a bit. And they and, <laughs> and because no, they, they assumed nobody would turn out and only the provosts would, would turn out. So it, it, but by minimizing the number of elections, it made it a lot easier to avoid some of those situations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's been a uh, a very busy couple of weeks in uh, um before we get off track one of the things that came up during the last 2 weeks and and to some degree uh, or uh, to a great degree um a reaction to the uh breaching of the Capitol 2 weeks ago House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is expected to send the House's impeachment article to the Senate this week, according to a source familiar with her thinking, which will kickstart the beginning of the trial, though Pelosi would not say publicly Friday when she would do so. Pelosi's decision on when to formally transmit the impeachment resolution to the Senate comes as Democrats on both sides of the Capitol and in the uh, incoming administration re wrestle with how to balance the impeachment trial with President-elect Joe Biden's agenda. It's not clear which day Pelosi will send the article, and she didn't offer any hints when asked at her news conference on Friday, a sign that the situation is fluid. According to a spokesperson for Pelosi, no decision on timing had been made. Do you think the Senate will vote to uh, convict 
President Trump on the impeachment charge of inciting an insurrection? Hmm. I don't know. It's too far away to think about that because you know, people will right, change Henry. their minds. Uh, uh, they may want to, and like Biden says, he wants to heal the country. So there are some things that's working counterculture to that. Yeah, I, th- I think it may, it may depend upon what comes out about that that incursion in the Capitol. I mean, if if facts come out that indicate Trump was really more connected to that than than, than we thought, and was re- then I'll vote with them. Yeah, yeah. Th- if that was the case, them. then you may you may get those seventeen extra extra votes. Yeah. Um, that could happen. But it depends but on the facts that come out. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, you know this is this is one of those deals where you know i have uh kind of a, a double perspective and and once that my political self says that you know we have this opportunity to do what this guy deserves and uh has merited and, and he needs to get it uh but then you know there's another side that my governing side you know that uh, mm-hmm. i'm looking at the fact that um joe biden has a a, a really, really massive uh, agenda that he wants to get through, and he's going to need support from the Republican caucus to get it done. But also, I know this. I know that guys like Mitch McConnell know that what uh, Donald Trump has turned the Republican Party into, and I've said said this for four years, and and now, you know, and, and I'm not the only person saying it, but you you hear it every day that the Republican Party is now the Republican cult. And there you know there, what? There, oh, well, well, just a sec. Let me just finish this. Let's go okay, take go ahead. There, there are a significant number of Republicans that want to put dirt in Donald Trump's face, and and they only get one opportunity uh, because he is he is the Republican <sighs> Party. There is no Republican Party except Donald no. Trump's party. Now, guys, now that's your perspective. But as I have said, there's a distinct difference. I've said that since I've been on the show, between the Republican Party and Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a person. He will soon disappear, but the party has to last forever. Now, and, and the party is distinct and different. It has its own character, its own strength, its own mission. And uh, so Donald Trump was the elected president, and they have to go by that. They have to work with the president, but they don't have to become the president. And, and as Donald, as uh, Mitch McConnell has indicated, that they want to put some distance between the Republican Party and Donald Trump. And what he's doing, and what Mike Pence is doing, and what senators who joined the Democrats are doing, are uh, saving the Republican Party from the scourge. But the rest of you who tie those two together are only kidding yourselves. The party is bigger than any one man. It's bigger than Henry Hatter, even. You know, Henry, my friend, and and we'd have to have uh, coffee at Starbucks and then go from there (laughs) to Big B and then to my This would be a long conversation. you're in the minority, Henry Hatter, in terms I know. Of, I might as well join. You're saying to me I might as well join a ministry, right? Hey, Henry, you're in the minority. <laughs> isn't the Republican Party in the United States of America. 
No, that's me, what you believe, but the rest of us don't. I, me, no, I think, I, th- I think there are Republicans, as you point out, Woodrow, that, you know, would like to distance themselves from the the cult nature of, of supporting Donald Trump and, and the way certainly that, that President Trump has been reacting to the supporters that he has. Um, and and uh, Mitch McConnell is a, is a recent convert, but um, there are clearly there's a divide in the Republican Party. And, and Henry has tried to stand up and say the Republican Party will survive this. And I think they probably will, but there will have to be some, some distance between them and, and Donald Trump. And we'll see how that plays out. Did you think that there could be a, a third Trump party emerges, a split in the Republican Party, where you have traditional Republicans sticking with the party and Trump goes in some third party direction for a while? Uh, I, I can see the that. Way, the way I see what's folding out in the future for the Republican Party is young people are being born and become voting age every day. And they don't they want to get away from the presumptive authorities of the past, like those of us in this generation than before. They want to set out on their own. They want to marry who they want, they want to think what they want, they want to live what they want, and they want no association with how we do things. So guys, and I believe, and as I said to the Republican Party many times, you have an untapped source of of people that you've never touched before. And that's the 90% of African Americans that you have never paid any attention to. They are there. And, and, and therein lies opportunity for you. And there are young people being born every day. There are immigrants coming in. You've got lots of resources. And people are mobile in the United States. They move from one state to the other. So what Michigan was and Indiana and all of those states uh, that were uh, toss-up states can be transformed by other states into the same kind of opportunities for Republicans. It could happen within a decade. Who knows? Don't give up on the Republicans yet. Well, I know one thing I wanted to say that was kind of a throwback to the conversation we were having earlier is I wanted to to sort of underscore that there's a difference between um, people who've experienced white privilege and white supremacists. Um, white supremacists, you know, actively want to disengage uh, based on their biases. Um, I I'm, I've count myself as one of those people who has benefited from white privilege. My my childhood was so much like leave it to beaver, it's, it's almost embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, I, I like to think that as I've gotten older and learned a little bit more about the world, that I for myself and in the way that I have addressed my children that white privilege isn't something to be embarrassed about or to feel guilty about, but rather we should make sure that we don't enjoy it at the expense um, or disregard of of others. Yeah, Yeah, of our children. Anyway, we have to take a short break, but let's let's pick it up uh, when we come back and talk uh, about today's uh, 
inauguration. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. I'm United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams, America's doctor. And all across our nation, we've taken steps together to slow the spread of coronavirus. Now we must continue to take personal responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Because even though not all of us risk a severe case of coronavirus, we all risk getting it and spreading it to others, maybe without even realizing that we're sick. So if we want to get back to school, back to work, back to worship, and back to overall health. There are things our country needs to do. We need to follow state and local guidelines, take extra precautions if at higher risk, wash our hands frequently, stay six feet from others when we can, and when we can't stay six feet from others, please, I'm begging you, wear a face covering. These small actions will make a big difference. So I'm asking you to say it with me, America. Coronavirus stops with me. You can learn more at coronavirus.gov. Produced by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services at taxpayer expense. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers, and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives, but we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19, where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, 
and save lives. The Tom Sumner Program.com. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back. We continue now with uh, Armchair Politics. Woodrow Stanley joining our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and uh, Henry Hatter. Um, and and I think, guys, we're, um, I'll first welcome you back, but I think we're all a little bit distracted. I, I'm, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that all of us... Uh, have have a TV on in the room and are watching the, <laughs> yeah, the events. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. I got my computer. Yeah, I see Barack Obama and his wife. Yeah. Now I see uh, the president and his wife. Yeah. Amy Klobuchar yeah. is now saying something, I believe, and at least on my computer. So yeah, we we yeah. may be a little distracted by what's going on today, but here's this is a story that that caught my attention. Uh, Representative John Garamendi said Friday that he was concerned that fellow representatives who want to be armed at the Capitol were a threat to him and other lawmakers. <laughs> when, when pressed on whether he was fearful that an armed House Republican could shoot him, Garamendi replied, I would the be. The Wild West, guys. <laughs> yes, I am concerned that any member that brings a this gun into the Capitol, hilarious. into a hearing room, into the office buildings or into or onto the floor of the house poses a danger, a danger to me and a danger to other members of the Congress and the staff. Um, they do not need to have guns anywhere in this complex. Garamendi's comments Thank come you. after some House Republican freshmen have emphasized bringing firearms to the Capitol, prompting concern from several Democrats in the chamber. Should we just bring back dueling as a way to restore honor at <laughs> yeah. the Capitol? Yeah. That does, that, that worked for that Alexander Hamilton, us. right? <laughs> no, I, I happen to like Alexander Hamilton. He helped to put oh. the nation together. Yeah. Go ahead, no, no, we don't want to go back to those days. Of, no, I don't think so. I mean, uh, yeah, mercifully, we've, we've left that stuff behind, but uh, there are days you wonder. But it looks like it, no, uh, as though uh, nobody cares what we think. <laughs> it's how they solve the problem. <laughs> well, it yeah. sounds sounds like we're on our way to bringing dueling back, but we'll we'll see. Um, and, and this all came, you know, this is all kind of coming up because of what happened two weeks ago and the breach at the Capitol and the security measures that are in place now. They have metal detectors in the Capitol now that they didn't have two weeks ago. Yeah, I'm surprised. When I heard that, I was surprised. Well, we've had them in the, what, the county courthouse has had them for how long? I, I've forgotten. It's, I think, decades probably. Uh, well... But but you know Paul the, the the there are metal detectors at the Capitol, but the members like for instance I've gone to the Capitol oh. all have for years you go through the metal detector but but members don't necessarily have to go through those and yeah. even now even now what they've said is that um, some of the Republican members have confronted. Uh, the the Capitol Police about going through the metal detector, and they just simply said, "We're not going through." Yeah, yeah. Well, that means that uh, <clears throat> the speaker and other b b leaders of both the Republican Party and Democrats must resolve this issue and do it quickly. 
Yeah. We can't have yeah, two true. points of view. We that's can't have two the, points of view. These were the these were the uh, French a few of the Frenchmen apparently who were who were saying this. This basically telling the the uh, Capitol Police that you know as a member I don't I don't have to go through the metal detector. Oh. Well, you know, we've had oh, a history of violence in the Capitol. In fact, uh, Tom, wasn't wasn't the Senator Sumner some distant relative of yours who was Kane before I, the Civil War? Yeah, I believe so, and he got pummeled pretty badly for being an abolitionist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was that 1856 or 58? Yeah. <laughs> he stood up for something. Well, it was that, that event was considered... Um, one of the last major events leading up to the to the, to the Civil War. Yeah, yeah. Until shots were fired, right? Um, and and that, you know that's that's what gets me curious. When you have um, what we saw was the the at the Capitol two weeks ago was really um, the beginnings of uh, an armed insurgency. <sighs> And I was very concerned, and we'll see how it all plays out as as the day goes forward, because they'll be um, doing the the uh, the oath coming up here in about a half an hour, um, swearing in the new president, um, and we'll see what kind of events happen throughout the day in uh, Washington and the various state capitals. But it was, you know, I I, I really have been giving this. Uh, this notion of at what point is this group create an environment where civil war is actually declared? I don't know. It's scary stuff at that level. I mean, I I don't think that's likely, but you never know. I mean, I, I didn't think there. I'd see a, see what I saw two weeks ago either. Uh, I, I was when as I watched that I was astonished when I but, but looked look, like a, a normal demonstration turned into a, a riotous mob. One of the things that's uh, that's that's concerning is the more they dig into this notion of of white supremacist groups and their various activities and and who they rally around, and you know it's it's starting to put some. Like, take, for example, the Oklahoma City bombing by Tim McVeigh, who mm-hmm. was executed for that. Um, there are people beginning to look at that as the beginning of what we saw at the Capitol two weeks ago. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And the, the, Go ahead, Wood. Um, oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say that that's, you know, when you start when when you start looking at there's there's a pattern there's a ramp up, and then so some of the some of the armed standoffs you see in the West over over federal land uh, and a couple of instances there, sort of feed into that same scenario too. Um, yeah, is it is it part of a developing pattern? You know, everybody wanted to look at Tim McVeigh and say he had a screw loose. And it was a one-off. But was it? Well, as, as Wood points out, the Southern Poverty Law Center has got that the increasing list of, uh, of white supremacists and anti-government groups of many kinds. 
not even just white supremacists, but others who just are are anti-government in the most violent sense. Some of these uh, posse comitatus folks have been out there for a while as well. Yeah, I, I when when you ask the question about the uh, possibility of a declaration of civil war, you know, it's sort of I get a little bit of a chill uh, because it, it it isn't something that you want to even contemplate. But but I but I think and and someone already said this that um, the, the the guys who do counterintelligence and so forth. They know how serious this matter is. They know. And it's a lot more serious that's being reported on the evening news or the midday news or, or the nightly news. It is a lot more serious. You have people now, number one, you have a lot more guns and other munitions uh, in the, in, just in the, um, in the public square, just out there. And you have a lot more people with the capacity to use all kinds of weapons, not just guns, but bombs and so forth. This, I, I, uh, when, you know, one of, the, one of the things that's been said this week that, that gave me chills and, and still does is the notion that there are more armed soldiers at the U.S. Capitol today than exist overseas in in uh, Iraq and uh, Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think troops get called out in those numbers on a whim. Right. There, right. there are people who are taking this very seriously. Would, as you said, behind the scenes, and it's not being reported in the news and that to me is is very troubling because i i want to i want to be like henry i i want to think that you know there's basically you know a, a sound system of government and people will come around and obey the law and that as we move forward with a new president who talks about unity that that maybe tempers will tamp down and and Maybe two weeks from now, uh, the the breach of the Capitol will seem like ancient history, but we'll have we'll have to see how that plays out. What do you what do you think about the uh, Senate trying to work on uh, impeachment while at the same time voting on pandemic relief and uh, Biden's cabinet? <laughs> well, are, we, are we going to have uh, are we going to have cabinet votes in the morning and impeachment in the afternoon? Is that, that that's been talked about? <laughs> that was <laughs> that's been mentioned by somebody. Well, it, it, it's 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 not beyond the realm of possibility in terms of getting it done because you only have so many session days, uh, you know, available. And and the president, the president elect, soon to be president, um, you know, has a hundred day plan, and so that that hundred day starts today. So um, they're going to have to deal with uh, the impeachment and getting this massive agenda uh, on wheels. 
the other thing I wanted to bring up, and and it's still kind of new, and I don't know if if you all have had a chance to look at it or review it, but um, on on his way out, uh, President Donald Trump issued 73 pardons and 70 commutations. Um, have you seen any of the uh, any of the names of the people uh, on that list? I saw Kwame got a got a commutation, I believe. I, I didn't see the list, but I saw news news mention of that this morning. Uh, I, for I one, the, I went through the list last last night. I, um, they they had it. Um, I, I don't know what service I was looking at, but I went through it on my uh, computer. Uh, a lot of the the names now th- there were um, a a lot of the types that we normally expect folks who had served time in prison and, uh, you know, had been in for X number of years and whatever the case may be. And, and, and so he had a, had a, I think a number of legitimate, what I would consider legitimate, uh, candidates in there. Yeah, there were, um, and I thought the number of, uh, rappers, was interesting. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would ask Henry, is that the new outreach program to the African American? <laughs> <laughs> well, there were, there were a, a number um, of rappers included and some, some family friends. But yeah. no, but but what's interesting is the people that are missing from the list. With all the talk this last week, I, I was surprised not to see Rudy Giuliani um, or or any members of the Trump family, the immediate family. Right, right. You know, Tom, that's probably a uh, a show <laughs> unto itself uh, where you get. Um, uh, a law, you know, lawyers that are that are skilled in that particular area of practice, because getting a pardon, a full pardon or a partial pardon, has its upside and its downside, and and depending on what the person's profession is or just not, there there are things that they have to contemplate uh, in terms of uh, getting a pardon. You know that yeah, you get a pardon. But now there are some things there that, uh, and I'm I'm not an expert at this, but I've read this since uh, Trump's been in office. I've probably read too much of this stuff. Uh, but but uh, there's there's a downside uh, to this as well. Isn't it considered kind of an admission of guilt, and it could open doors to civil litigation right. as well? Right, so. right. And and for instance, like for instance, taking the Fifth Amendment. I think you hmm. sort of. Um, uh, you no longer have that uh, that privilege, I, I, I think now. Hmm. Hmm. Well, yeah, because you you can't you would you wouldn't be able to incriminate yourself, so that's true. That would open the right. door to to uh, compel testimony. So it it's it's um uh it's an interesting I, and I'll just say this uh, I was uh, happy to see uh, uh, Kwame. Uh, get uh, a partial commutation. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, I, I think he was clearly overcharged and oversentenced. That it, yeah. it, you know, it clearly whether 
you agree or disagree, that that was a statement uh, kind of situation. And there are folks that have killed uh, folks, and they've, they've gone in and, and, and gotten out uh, since he's uh, been in. True, yeah, yeah. Well, there is there. There was a lot of a uh, lot of politics with um, with Kwame. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of it. Well, in fact, it didn't. Isn't that the reason we passed that um, that amendment here in Michigan? Well, in fact, it was often called the anti Kwame amendment that says you can't run if you've been convicted of a felony. Mm. I forgot mm-hmm. what year it was. A couple of some years ago. Right, that right. we have we had a proposal on the ballot to that effect. Yep, yep. You're right. You're right. Well, and and harsh sentences for public officials is is something that um, is, is always viewed as an opportunity to. Um, Make friends with people that are anti-government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know whether yeah. whether it's Kwame Kilpatrick or Rick Snyder, if you throw the book at them, you know we're we're, you know, exercising our right to oversee government and, you know, put these people away and you know, throw the mm-hmm. bums out and that you know that that whole anti-government attitude. And and I think a lot of times the the better known a defendant is, the more likely they're going to get an extreme sentence. You know, we always we always tend to think that it's going to air the other way, where the better known someone is, um, you know, the the yeah. the more leeway they're given, and I think that's that's true with with um, the very wealthy, but. When the when the people are former elected officials, I, I think they're more likely to get the book thrown at them. More likely, I think. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. More likely. Yeah. Any any thoughts on the uh, on the president's send off this morning? Actually, what I saw it was I thought there would be more to it from from the the buildup that I'd heard earlier. It just seemed like it was fairly conventional. And was was there a military flyover? If so, I didn't see it in the coverage I was watching. Not not that I noticed. Um, yeah, yeah. Marine One did make its uh, um, ceremonial circle of the city before going on to uh, Andrews. Right. Um, that's that's typically done out of view because it's done after the swearing in and sort of right. during the inauguration uh, during the inaugural address um but uh yeah i i i thought the the whole idea of it was was kind of interesting and some of the things that the the president had to say this morning were kind of interesting and i also thought that his taped farewell address was kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, I, I think that he obviously wanted more pomp uh, associated with this, but uh, because he, he's torn his pants uh, with, 
with the military brass and the folks that have to, that, you know, give the okay for some of this stuff, uh, they were not going along. I mean, you know, he wanted, from the, the, what I read, uh, a military parade and all this other stuff. And uh, I think after the 6th, they weren't having any parts of that, N- none of that. I mean, I mean you know, the, the regular uh, cannon um, uh, demonstration. Uh, what, the 21-gun salute. 21-gun mm-hmm. salute. We didn't see the the the, the uh, military jet fly over. It, I, I thought that they said there was going to be, but I, apparently there wasn't. So they stripped it. They stripped it way down. I mean, you know, way down. Henry, are you still with us? I think yeah. Henry is with the going uh, in the inauguration activity. I haven't heard Henry for a little while. That's true. Yeah. It was kind of quiet. I don't know if we lost uh, if we lost Henry or not. I'm just sitting here. I just saw Lady Gaga do her bit, and Amy Klobuchar is back on the screen again right now. So. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Henry may be uh, called to take someone's place. I don't know if he's gonna uh, do uh, as a stand-up with someone or not, Mike Pence or someone. Well, here's here's a, a little soundbite from uh, yesterday's um, farewell message from President Trump. As I conclude my term as the 45th president of the United States, I stand before you truly proud of what we have achieved together. We did what we came here to do and so much more. This week, we inaugurate a new administration, and pray for its success in keeping America safe and prosperous. We extend our best wishes, and we also want them to have luck, a very important word. Anyway, that's just a little little soundbite, but the closest that the president has come to um, graciously accepting the transition. You, you, you know, I I would. Unfortunately, Henry's not uh, Henry. You're not there, are you? But but I would just say this that there are maybe that's Henry. It might be. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, there are there are people who should never hold the office of president. That, uh, but but. Because of the form of uh, government that we have, you know, if if you qualify, you can put together the funding, support base, you can be elected. But look, I have read about Donald Trump for a lot of years. There's no way, there's no way, given what I've read uh, about his profile and business activities and the like, that this guy should have ever been president of the United States. Well, and, and, and we're going to give Henry. To. We're going to give Henry a chance to weigh in on that, but we have to go to break first. Henry is back with us. Welcome back, Henry. Thank you. We thought it got awful quiet uh, on, on your end of the conversation. Well, <laughs> there we're, was a, there was a call coming in that interfered with it. Oh, okay. Thank you. Oh, I see. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Armchair Politics right after this. 
Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher 
before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing, or if you're worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hail to the chief, he's the chief and he needs hailing. He is the chief, so everybody hail like crazy. Hail to that's more or less. Hail to the chief, if you don't, I'll have to kill you. I am the chief, so you better watch your step. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Normally, this is the time we would be uh, getting into the X-Files, but I think I'm going to drop the X-Files this week and uh, use the, the remaining nine or ten minutes to uh, just share whatever is on everybody's mind. I see that uh, um, it looks like uh, Joe Biden just took the uh, oath of office um, a few minutes early, it looks like. but Yeah, uh, I, I noticed. I yeah, it's supposed to be 12.01. It's about, about 10 minutes, too, or so. So, yeah, I just saw the yeah. swearing in here. Yeah, and the reason that uh, that Senator Klobuchar keeps popping up on the screen, she seems to be uh, serving as an MC of sorts for the events yeah. today. Yeah, she appears to be from what I've seen this morning. Um, yeah, she's the, um, she's the co-chair of the inaugural committee, so I guess in that role. Uh, and what's the other, the, the Republican senator from, is it Blunt? What's his name? Roy Blunt, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I've seen him I as well. Together. You know, I, I, I just um, wanted to say this, uh, Tom, that really I, one of the things that I miss in all of this, and I, I certainly uh, wish our new president, all the best in terms of, of trying to set the right tone uh, for um, bringing our uh, nation together. But I, I miss the, the, all of the stuff that go with the handoff with the former president and the like. Uh, and I, I've said before that when you have a shattering of the norms, it, it, right now it just looks like, you know, well, uh, uh, the former president isn't there. But that that transition of power is is something is one of those pillars that our nation rests on, and I just believe that um, that's something that that's a piece of that broken glass that that uh, happened in the Capitol that will take some while to to be put back together. It, it's not just as simple as the, the former president not being there as a part of the transition. Yeah, those symbols mean an awful lot. You're right. Yeah. Henry, are you still with us? Yes, I'm with you. I'm just listening. Woodrow, Woodrow uh, you know, uh, was when we lost you uh, a little bit ago. 
uh, Woodrow was uh, speculating that perhaps you'd been called in by Zoom to fill in for somebody at the inauguration. <laughs> the Chief Justice or something, Henry. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm watching the... I was invited to this by the inaugural committee, by uh, Senator Peters, and by the CBC, the Black Congressional Black Caucus. And so I'm enjoying it, and as I said to you guys before, once the president's sworn in, I give my loyalty to him. And politics does not play a part of it. You know, but I'll criticize him at when he, but I think he's on the wrong track. Henry, that's one of the things that I I have always liked about you is, you know, your your loyalty to the Constitution, to the office of the presidency, and to the person who holds it. And the idea is that Joe Biden wants to be everybody's president. But we haven't looked at presidents like that for the last two or three cycles. It's, it's you know, you hear people say, well, he's not my president. Yeah, I've heard, I hear that. Yeah, and we heard yeah. it about Trump and we heard it about Obama um, and and maybe George W. Bush, but a little and Bush. a little I bit less about Bush. Um, you know, George W. Bush uh, was actually made more fun of than the other two. But um, but that's but, you but know, the, I, can we can we get that back, guys, the idea that. You know, he's up there, and for, for all of his uh, potential gaffes, <laughs> which I think is is going to be the Joe Biden curse on the White House. Um, President you know, Trump is in the in the past, and we got to leave the past behind. That's where it belongs. We're living in the present, and this is our challenge in the present. And so I'm looking at the President of the United States, who has been, just been sworn in, and he does not look like the people that we framed him to be several months ago. Stupid, ignorant, without uh, culture. But he looks culture and, and, and well-poised for the position. And that's the kind of person I want to see as president. And, you know, a minute and ago, I'm going to support him. Woodrow was talking about, uh, you know, this whole no- notion of, of breaking down the norms and and it really isn't all donald trump that's doing that i mean certainly he has contributed to that that was his his whole mission was to go in and drain the swamp and he was gonna you know change things up and and all that but the pandemic has got a heavy hand in why this feels so different today it isn't yeah. just security. It isn't just the breach of the Capitol. It's the pandemic. It's why we're not going to see Joe and Jill Biden uh, dancing all night tonight. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on the other hand, I think one one advantage Biden may have is that his, his results. If six months, six months or a year from now, the pandemic is history, and the economy is is still on track and so forth, I think there's some real possibility that. Uniting, he talks about, could actually happen. I'm holding him to that 100 million vaccinations in 100 days. Yeah, yeah, if he can pull that off in 100 days, that'll be a big plus. He's got one other uh, really thing that he got to deal with really quickly, and that's the South uh, immigrants coming from the South. And they're expecting him to do something about uh, letting them into the United States. 
and there's a barrier, and guys, and I don't think that all of the American people. Yeah, there's a there's a large group from Central America making its way into uh, into Mexico, and um, with with the intention of getting to the American border. Uh, and if, if that really happens, if it, now Mexico has made some moves to stop them as well, but if that happens, it'll be a, a serious challenge. And and there have been really attempts to really get some serious immigration policy together beyond Trump's things and beyond any kind of open border talk. There really are some serious plans that have almost, I think it was Jeb Bush and forgotten who the Democrat was, who put some plans together about six or eight years ago that made some real sense but never mm-hmm. got through Congress. But you guys, my concern is flooding all of these people into cities in the, in the United States is going to impair the relationship of the people by culture in those cities. And because cities can barely keep their head above water. They can't provide for the education system. They can't control crime. But there are a lot of things that we need to think through. And it's going to take both the Democrats and Republicans working collectively to uh, come up with something that's workable. Well, he has the he has immigration as one of his main pieces within the hundred days that he's going to roll out, and I think the the caravan um, uh, that's uh, coming from Central America is 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 one visual, but that's not the the sum of the problem or right. change. So. That's 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 that sort of. But you know the comparisons are going to be made. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If they make it to the I'm border, I'm concerned about it. How he reacts compared to, uh, you know, how how Donald Trump might have reacted. But as Henry said, you know, Donald Trump is, uh, you know, no longer president, and and it's it's on Biden's watch now, and it'll be. Um, I, I hope we don't spend too much time making those comparisons. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that wraps it up for today's uh, today's show. I, I knew it was going to go fast, and I knew we weren't going to get to everything I wanted to talk about. But I also know that we were all <laughs> distracted <laughs> by the things that are going on in Washington as we yeah. speak. So I'm going to sign off. But Woodrow, thanks. It's always a treat to have you join us. Delighted, delighted, enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. And Henry, Take care, Wood. Thank Woodrow you. Stanley and, and, of course, Henry Hatter. Henry, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. And, uh, and Paul, I appreciate you uh, as well, my friend. Always good to be here. And that's Smoking George Winters tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to head on down the hall to the living room where I can sit and listen to the rest of President Biden's inaugural address we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the tom sumner program thanks for tuning in everybody and uh good night all the tom sumner program is a live variety show we want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee.
you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.